very much involved for them and that they are being taken care of and that they are safe and that they will return home safely. I want to say to my baby that your mama loves you so much and your daddy and his whole families love you so much. And you guys have got to be strong because you are, we, 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 I just know, I just feel in my heart that you're okay. But you got to take care of each other. Susan, yesterday I know. Trigger warnings before we get started. Possible kidnapping, child murder, and discussion of drowning. So what is up, my crime crazy people? If you can't tell yet, welcome to Veil of Humanity. We are your hosts, Melanie Yelvington. And Kimberly Taylor. And today we're bringing you the heartbreaking case of Susan Smith, an evil mother who stood on a bank and watched her two sons drown. So grab your favorite beverage and a pillow to scream into as we dive into this case. And just so y'all know, we are a fan of the cursy words, even though we will try hardest (laughs) not to use them. uh, There still may be some that slip out. Yes. Okay, Bess, you ready for this one? You know, I'm I'm not going to try to, like, um, show my age or anything, but I was really, this case really messed me up in the early 90s. And simply because by the time this happened, what was it, 1994? It was 94. I had a one-year-old son. Yeah. I had a one-year-old son, and I could not imagine. This was probably one of the first true crime books that I, I ever read, and I just cried with it because it is... So sad and horrific. I mean, my biggest fear is drowning, and that's exactly what happened to these boys. Yeah, mine is too. So, Miss Susan Lee Smith was born September 26, 1971, and she was convicted of murdering her two sons, three-year-old Michael and 14-month-old Alexander in 94 by drowning them in a lake in South Carolina. So this case actually gained a lot of attention. Like it just wasn't you here in the US. It gained attention worldwide because this woman made false allegations that a black man had kidnapped her sons during a carjacking. And when it came down to it, her her own attorneys had to call in expert witnesses to testify that she had mental health issues that impaired her judgment when she committed these crimes. Right. So that's yeah. why she laughed in that conference or that, um, you know, begging for her boys and she laughed and not one single tear on her face. Not one single tear. No and you redness. hear that chuckle and if you watch it you can see her face and she's just like <laughs> Yeah, it's gross. So a little bit of a background on her. Her father killed himself when she was six years old and she herself attempted to unalive at age, 18, at age 13. Oh, I didn't know that. Her mother then married Beverly Russell, who later was revealed to have molested Susan when she was a teenager. Mm. One newspaper claimed that the the sexual relations between the two had continued until six months before the murders. What? 
Yeah, there's a lot of hearsay to that, but it's it's one of those cases. Uh. So after she graduated high school in 89, she made a second attempt to unalive herself after a married man she was in a relationship with ended their affair. What? The man that she was wanting to be with. Maybe. Uh, well, I think this is a different man. So right, she, but this is, yeah, because this is in 89. Yeah, so she... Because she was with a married man, and obviously he wouldn't leave her. Young 18, 19-year-old out oh, right. with the married man. Started early. Yep. So she did go on to marry David Smith, and they had the two boys. They also had a very rocky relationship because um, there was a lot of allegations of infidelity, and they actually separated several times. Well, duh. Look what she was doing before you yeah. came along. So she had a history of it, and she probably was doing a lot. Even her stories about prison have been insane. Mm-hmm. So on October 25th of 94, she reported to the police that her vehicle had been carjacked by a black man who drove the car away with her son still strapped inside. For nine days, she made dramatic pleas, which is what we just played, on national TV for them to be returned safely back. Mm-hmm. But, following in a very intensive investigation and a nationwide search, she confessed on November 3rd of 94 to just letting her car roll into nearby John D. Long Lake. Mm-mm. Drowning both the boys inside. That is horrible. It is. That's like one of the worst ways to die. It is. It's not those... a quick death either. No. And them boys were in there screaming. They were Mommy! screaming and they were found upside down still strapped into those car seats. Mm-mm-mm. So her motivation behind all of this was reportedly to kind of help move along a relationship with a local wealthy man named Tom Finley. Prior to the murders, he had sent her a letter ending that relationship, expressing that he just didn't want kids, and she she came with two little boys. Mm-hmm. She said that there was no motive, nor did she plan the murders. She just was not in a right state of mind, according to her. Lie. Further investigations later revealed that the detectives... They doubted her story. It's just like, no, no, I don't believe you. What all you're saying. I'm sure. I'm and sure they had her in there every day trying to talk to her. Yeah, from the start. Then, you know, they, they believed that she was the one that did the killings. Okay. So, by the second day of investigation, they suspected that she knew their location and hoped that they were still alive. They started to search the nearby lakes and ponds, including the John D. Long Lake where eventually they found the bodies. The initial water searches did not locate the car because they believed it would be within 30 feet of the shore and did not search further in. It turned out it was 122 feet from the shore. So that's how it turned over? With the boys still inside, the car turned over? As it was it floated away and went... Yeah, I think it floated because she drove down um, like where you, the, a boat ramp. Right. And got out of the car and, and just let just it left roll. It in neutral? Yeah, and let it roll down. Mm. And people think they're just going to go right there off the edge, but they can actually go out quite a bit, bit of ways before they finally, you know, sink all the way down. Mm hmm. Mm mm mm. 
So after the boys had been missing for a couple days, the Smiths were subject to a polygraph test. Um, the biggest breakthrough for the case was her description of the carjacking location. She'd claimed that a traffic light had turned red, causing her to stop at an otherwise empty intersection. But it was later determined that the light would not have turned red for her unless a vehicle was present on the intersecting road. That could just completely conflicted with her statement that she didn't didn't see any other cars around her when this took place. So, at first I was imagining a four-way stop, but this just seems like so it's like a there's a light, more lights, like a four-way light, right? And you, this I'm thinking, imagining the not the side roads that come in to meet the main road, but the two roads that that you're at at a light. Mm-hmm. You got this side of traffic and this side of traffic. It's going to stay green unless you got somebody waiting over here that wants to come. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, for the opening statement, her attorneys argue that Smith was deeply troubled and had severe depression. Um, they told the jury that this is not a case about evil. This is a case about despair and sadness. No, she's fucking purely evil. Yes, she is. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you can stand on the bank and hear your two little boys screaming and crying Mm-mm. while you just stand there because you wanted to be with a man who didn't want kids, guess what? Their father would have happily taken those boys. Right. The heartbreak of watching his interviews and stuff is, oh my gosh, it, it's, it just pulls at your heartstrings. You just, you feel his sadness. But the fact that these people that we talk about, even, this even comes to your mind, is crazy to me in itself. Yeah. Like, that's your resort to go to, is to murder, murder, to murder your children. Get rid of them. When there's a perfectly capable other parent over here who would just be happy to take them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go on and live your life with your single, uh, unwanting new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. New, unchildren wanting. Yeah. So the defense theory about everything was that she actually drove to the edge of the lake to unalive herself and the two boys. Yeah, right. But we, we know that's not, not what happened. Pause. So, the prosecution, they believe that she did murder her sons in order to start a new life with a former lover. It only took the jury two and a half hours to convict her of murdering them. Yeah, because it was so damn obvious. Yes. During the penalty phase, the lead prosecutor argued passionately in favor of sentencing Smith to death. Yes. The jury, unfortunately voted against imposing the death penalty. That's why I wish she had done this in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was sentenced to life in it. prison in 95. Texas has an express lane with that. Right. That's we why. Would, we would handle it quick. My Darlie, unfortunately, Darlie is still sitting on it, but that's uh, a whole nother case. <laughs> yeah, she's a whole nother. So she was sentenced to life in prison in 95 for the murder of her two sons with um, the possibility of parole after 30 years. 
And so she's actually eligible for parole November 4th of this year of 2024. What? And she is ready to get out and start her own life. No. Mm Mm-mm. She's actually, so she's had, I don't know, there's like some series that came out on Hulu that talked to different criminals and... Prison Confessions? Yes. No, I have not watched hers. So, she was, she got around in prison, let me tell you. (laughs) She, uh, she's being a little hoe. So, she actually, two correctional officers, one of them's Lieutenant Houston Cagle and... Captain Alfred R. Rowe Jr. were both charged with having sex with her. And I believe one of them gave her an STD or she got gave them an STD. It's... Oh my god. Yeah. What is she, like a nympho or something? She is. She's also dated several women. Um, she taught them how to make um, certain self-care devices. I would make and like pass them in prison and and, and the guards know nothing or see nothing because they're sleeping with her. Pretty much. Yeah, that's nice. Good job. Where is she at in South Carolina? She is. Good job, South Carolina. She's incarcerated in the Administrative Segregation Unit in the Camille Griffin Graham Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-mm. So we will definitely have to keep an eye on when she gets out and kind of revisit this. Yeah. Pause. Okay, so now I want to play a quick little news clip of when she was arrested and a little bit more about what she was charged with. Counts of murder. Police say Smith admitted killing her sons, three-year-old Michael and Alexander, who was just over a year old. The Union County Sheriff says Smith is repentant and heartbroken. Her car was pulled from a murky lake Thursday. The bodies of the boys were strapped in the back seat. An autopsy revealed the boys were not killed beforehand. They drowned. In West Palm Beach. That's so horrible. And they were so cute little boys. And they were very cute. It's This case is just heartbreaking. No doubt. Okay, everybody. Let's take a big deep breath in. Blow it all the way out. I want to thank y'all for listening. Join us next week as we bring you a brand new case that is swirling in our heads. Alright, my crime crazy people. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. To see all of our source material, please consult the show notes. Don't forget to click that subscribe follow button and catch us on our social medias. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Vell of Humanity Podcast. Also, if you have any questions, you want to provide us some feedback, or you just want to suggest a case, please send us an email. It's vellofhumanity at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you all very much. Hosted by Kimberly Taylor and Melanie Yelvington. Produced, edited, and music by Courtney Santos. A Bronx Bay production. Okay, Bronx. Tell everyone we will see them again next week.